All right. Welcome to round two of our conversation. Thank you so much uh, for doing this once again with us. Uh, uh, let's uh, we can jump right into it since we know we have to. Uh, uh, we have some questions left, and we really want to. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So um, le- we want to start off with something very light. Uh, <laughs> we want to ask you: Do you know or have you worked with? Uh, Elon Musk, <laughs> or while you were in PayPal? <laughs> no, no, ah, it okay. was much before my time. Ah, all right. Ah, okay, okay. So, I mean, the reason to ask this question was also because we were trying to look at uh, the aspect of what is it working with uh, since since early on, people in decision making or leadership positions. You know, uh, because eventually you also. now you are in uh, a decision making slash leadership position but what was it what was the journey like how how did it start off and how did it uh, what was the culture like what have yeah. the, what has the changes been yeah so I, i'll tell you when you think about leadership and especially some of these leaders that you mentioned yeah so elon musk is one steve jobs is one mm-hmm. yeah and when you think about leadership styles at least that is a very top down leadership where the leader is a massive visionary they know exactly what they want mm-hmm. and they strive for that and they demand for that okay versus there are some other leaders who are more uh, more of a servant leadership kind where they are there for their team and they want the team to kind of it's it's almost bottoms up mm-hmm. with that umbrella that the leader provides mm-hmm. from top mm-hmm. yeah and uh, i've been in places where i've experienced both mm-hmm. and that has helped me influence my leadership style where it's more of setting the vision knowing exactly where we want to go but then enabling the team and making the team feel more empowered mm-hmm. yeah. to drive towards that and and i'll tell you uh, the reason behind why i i have formed this style is because i clearly am not super technical and there are so many areas where i need partnership or help from folks who are more savvy in those areas than i am mm-hmm. so i'm quite creative i i have a vision I know where we want to go, and then I leverage the skills of my team and uh, create a story or a narrative as a whole from the team perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Uh, and there's no right or wrong style. It's just uh, this is how it works. Like I know uh, folks who worked with Steve Jobs, and it's very clear that he he is just he tells you exactly what he wants. Mm-hmm. and he makes it happen he is very deep in the details as well as he's doing this whole vision setting and pushing the folks to get there mm. it could it could be quite demanding too yeah uh and being a being a woman in this position what has your experience been like through all these years because i remember we also uh when we discussed this earlier i think there has there were uh we had you had mentioned that there are certain aspects um of uh 
this kind of uh, the tech industry itself when it comes to its uh, culture and its gender issue and things like that so how has your experience been as a woman within uh, in a leadership position in the tech industry in all these years yeah so definitely not very easy okay uh it does need constant reinforcement and constant learning and constant establishing yourself again mm-hmm. and again mm-hmm. within with your peers and the management and everyone yeah i think the thing that i've experienced is especially when i was growing up in india i went to an only girls school mm-hmm. uh architecture education when we spoke about had a lot of like majority of our class was girls and women right yeah i never really thought of the gender gap growing up yeah and once i started working i realized and i would walk into some of these meetings and i would realize oh my god they're like 80% of the room is just men are men yeah and uh women were definitely a minority and women of color are even a bigger minority yeah yeah so so it took some time to think through or come up with techniques or strategies to get yourself heard to um to get the trust and and to create that relationship mm-hmm. with the group that you're working with i have a slightly sort of pointed one within within this larger do you ever experience um uh, especially with the construction industry the biggest irony in india is there are more girls studying architecture but fewer yeah uh, out in the market usually and uh, it's a kind of it's changing now especially in the cities but do you think especially with big tech now where this the scale of investments has sort of again skyrocketed and people are talking about bubbles i think what i wanted to ask about is risk right that is something that not only has a sort of a, a capital uh, thing but the thing about risk is the experts about risk were insurance people and suddenly in our 21st century world the experts on risk are uh, people who are confidently still investing in uh, let's say uber which has never made a profit in its whole lifetime and going back to this idea of women in these leadership positions we've we're seeing people of color now especially the indians that are ceos now but when it comes to women is it is this risk or being able to take risk or seeing that as a as a feminine quality is it is it something that you would comment on like would you think have you thought about it that way So explain a little bit more what do you mean by risk that is it's it? it's a patriarchal uh, skill let's say people think men are more they're better and at taking risk averse or let's say yeah. anything that requires sort of risking um, i don't know stability or anything you know that i'm quite uh, certain that it's definitely a sort of patriarchal attitude you know uh, stability is a more feminine sort of uh thing is that something because you mentioned earning people's trust in a meeting room right over and over again making your point waiting for them to finally take uh yeah. notice and and it's great that ceos are now of different colors but uh, when it comes to women is 
do you will you ever have an investor or a, a shareholder wouldn't it take more effort to convince them of a certain you know risky decision for a woman or this is my question i don't know if i'm hitting yeah, it yeah so i'll say based on my experience when you think about taking risk there are a few areas mhm like one of them is taking risk with how much time you can commit mm. and okay. the stability that you mentioned mm-hmm. second is financial decisions strategy mhm and uh, i think women are really capable and in fact more rounded in yeah. their approach there but there are and i will talk about me personally is there were times when i was like oh if i step into this role if i need to do this what about my family mhm mhm it is it is a thought at the back of my mind at least at every point mhm and sometimes that makes you decide differently yeah and i will say that maybe that's not on so on top of mind for men right mhm and uh, in fact there was a study that i was reading about which was a which was done with a group of mba students mm-hmm. both men and women were asked if your partner had a really good offer or a role would you be okay taking a back seat and managing the house mm-hmm. and most women said yes and most men said no <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> so it's a lot of cultural conditioning too Yeah. yeah. But it's changing. It's definitely changing and um I'll say I mean it's changing because there's awareness uh, on a lot of fronts. Awareness that you need the diverse perspectives in the workforce. You need leaders who come from a lot of different backgrounds and awareness to ensure that there is support. Yeah. To make the leader successful. Mhm. So when Supporting you the work life balance any other help coaching mentorship all yeah. of that so also when you speak about uh, diverse backgrounds or diverse perspectives that are now uh, needed mm-hmm. within these uh, you know uh, within these spaces uh, what happens when a woman of color such as you is uh, in a leadership position how do you look at uh, different cultures that you have to uh, roll out a product for you know or engage with does um, does that kind of a for lack of a better word that, that does identity from that perspective play a role in uh, in the way or in the lenses that you used to look at uh, these different uh backgrounds or these different cultures with which you have to roll out products or engage with uh things like this look i think rolling out any product that is for the masses you need to have the empathy and the understanding of different cultures mhm and having experienced different cultures you come at it with a very different perspective mhm so i would say yes uh the more diverse an individual is or the team is mm-hmm. the influences that each one brings and the thoughts that each one brings to define the product is natural 
Mm. And sometimes it's not explicit, but you often think about, or you draw, draw upon your experiences growing up or throughout your life. Mm -hmm. And it comes into your um, design. And there's always uh, a sense of feedback, like autonomous feedback coming out of these cultures that, especially in the last decade with the explosion of what social media is, there are ways of sort of uh, building an instinct, right? For for somebody that is in a creative role at a company like yours. Totally. And also the innovation part of it, Mm -hmm. right? Because the different perspectives that you've had Mm -hmm. brings that innovation element. Which, which might be not as easily accessible to someone who's not exposed to a variety of life situations or mm-hmm. Could you think of maybe an example? I mean, I don't know. I'm going out on a limb here, but <laughs> do you think there is something at the top of your head? If not, we can go to yeah, the... Yeah, I mean, a, a very simple example is uh, anytime I'm thinking about a product, I always think about how would my parents use it? Okay. And a classic example is I was just talking to my mom right now who has a pixel phone mm-hmm. and I have an iPhone mm-hmm. and she's mastered the use of this Android phone and I cannot figure out how to use it. <laughs> and she's 75 plus. Okay. So, <laughs> right. So just that ability to be able to design or think about how would kids use it or seniors use it or folks who have some disabilities use it. Mm-hmm. It's it's just so impressive. Yeah. And do you th- and also <clears throat> you think that is happening more now or it has always been a sort of implicit quality within big tech uh decision makers that you worked with earlier CEOs and um uh, other people in in those positions would were always um sort of um very uh, pro looking at a cultural notion or looking at a thing. Has it been like a sort of, let's say 20, 30 year trajectory or is it now like it's something new or (laughs) I don't know. I want to say it's increased definitely in the last five, seven years. Oh. Because prior to that, it was West first or North America first. Okay. And now it is, I mean, the markets here are saturated. So it is more global. Mm-hmm. And another example, I think, uh, I think we had discussed this as well, is like for PayPal when we were launching in India or China, mm-hmm. uh, a specific product. It was interesting to kind of think about the email address part. Right, right, yeah. All over here, it was, you sign in with your email address and then we realized folks don't have an email address. So mm-hmm. how do you enable phone sign-in? Yeah. Yeah. And the aspect of identity and people changing phone numbers, getting a new SIM card is so easy. Yeah, yeah. So, and people every three, four months get a new SIM card. Like, how can you maintain that? On Continuity. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Also, maybe Trump getting elected had a little to do with it because a lot of Americans I heard were trying to get out of there, at least go to Canada. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> so the global out, outlook in the last five to seven years kind of coincides. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or you see some of these products like TikTok and Snapchat and it's all coming from the East. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah I spent some time in China and when I first got there, I was completely shocked at how advanced... Uh, WeChat was or how 
uh, Alibaba had these amazing uh, systems going on on the phone where yeah i was paying someone who came to deliver something at my door to the taxi guy to everyone i went to the atm once a month it was crazy and this is 2014 yeah, yeah. and a couple of years ago when i was in shanghai i with volvo i saw a vending machine for cars what 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 does a vending machine literally <laughs> it's like a five story building okay the uh, car slotted and then through your app through wechat you're authenticated they have all your information right, right. yeah your credit history your bank balance everything so you finish the application on the couch at home you go there you scan the code yeah and the car actually drives down oh wow, oh, wow. <laughs> and then you take the car it's for a trial you take the car if you like it you can just finish the whole transaction on wechat and keep the car if you don't like <laughs> it you can come back and return it Oh, okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is this is this is before COVID. <laughs> yeah, is it very yeah. COVID-like the it system? Two thousand eighteen. Uh, yeah, I think I don't think it exists, but it was a trial. It was pretty neat. It was really neat to see this. Oh wow! I mean, I think and you can actually see. You know how in the vending machine you see the candy drop. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, literally, you can see the car coming down. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds so fascinating. Just to like see it happen. I mean, I think it must have been great. trialing that in in other parts of the world i'm sure we'll come up with a lot of stories funny ones yeah, yeah. people tried to hack the car and take it for free yeah, oh, yeah. i don't know why i'm thinking that <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i think this it's good in china like, you can never get out yeah yeah <laughs> uh, i think this uh, that you bring up uh, this this trial that was happening is great to as a segue into our next question which is what do you think is a good experiment to be made today to be done today or is is happening already in in tech like whatever yes. is your expertise in terms of what's the boundary or what's the frontier today for you i think i mean this is a very broad question but um there's something to say about how the physical world and the virtual world are almost merging collapsing yeah 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 and so this is interesting because first it was everything physical like you went to the store and all then everything became virtual yeah and now it's kind of getting to a kind of coming to impasse yeah. where both are looking at each other sort of yeah we need to get back uh, closer kind of a thing i don't yeah, know my vocabulary and, and uh what it could unlock in mm, terms of yeah. convenience in terms of innovation yeah in terms of everything and especially when you think about this so let's talk about fashion right yeah mm-hmm. uh it's very easy to uh kind of you know we started with sunglasses ar or whatever you can kind of actually they can turn on the camera and you can try different sunglasses yeah or reading glasses or whatever right and then yes. you pick any ps i want to buy this similarly with outfits mm-hmm. and uh now if you see that still exists but then you have the person from amazon waiting outside your door with five outfits and like try it if you don't like it i'm meeting you for 15 minutes i'll take it back yeah <laughs> so it's almost gone to another we thought with the virtual mm-hmm. it's so cool i can sit and shop but then still there is this little bit of like 
I don't know what it'll look like, right? When yeah, it actually yeah. comes. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like completely at your fingertips. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, so that's one area. The other big area, which is on the verge of disruption, I think, uh, same thing, physical and virtual, is your vehicle. Mm-hmm. And the car is going to become a device, just like your phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a big continuation of your life. How you go from home to car to work to wherever you are and back, mm-hmm. that device is going to be tracking you yeah. and creating opportunities for you to make your life so much more seamless. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you could shop from the car or you could pay your bank bills from the car because the car dash is actually a device that is at your fingertips or buy tickets from the car and play your favorite music or whatever it might be. Yeah. So so that, we haven't yet started that, but I mean, now some of these cars already have that. And then when you get to autonomous driving, mm-hmm. yeah. that one hour or two hours that you spend in the car is time for productivity. Yeah, or at least attention, uh, whether it be yeah, I mean, you could entertainment or, yeah. or sleep or anything yeah. that you want. And uh, in the next five, 10 years, that's going to be massive, mm. massive. I don't yeah. know. I mean, can't even imagine what it'll be if you get those two hours back yeah. and all these capabilities in those two hours. Yeah. I want to ask a it's quick... Especially with voice recognition and everything, right? You can just sit in your car and say, yeah, yeah take me here and pick up a Starbucks. And uh, I've seen uh, demos where 8.15 you get in the car, the car is like, hey, do you want to just stop by at your regular Starbucks? Starbucks knows what you want. So it's ready for you. You pick it up, get to work. On the way, certain calls that are going to be made or your calendar is synced also. The car will just dial it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you wrap up your work. You want to listen to music on the way back. Come back, stop at the grocery store, pick up your stuff. Don't even walk in, right? It's curbside pickup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you head home. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of like virtual assistants and sort of characters that are going to get introduced to our lives. Yes. Yeah, and I think uh, maybe to sort of uh, bring it back to where we started from the whole discussion, uh, which was sort of architecture and the education mm-hmm. within architecture that you had. I think we can put a nice bow to this conversation. Uh, I want to ask you, do you think this confrontation that you speak about do does will architecture in the way we know it uh now this the way we know our cities the way we know our uh neighborhoods the way we know our streets will architecture play a role or what is going to be the confrontation with architecture itself like going forward yeah, as a, as a profession, right? Yes, as a profession. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to evolve. Uh, it, it is going to start intermingling more and more with tech. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, I mean, you're designing these cities, streets, homes, buildings. We do have yeah. this current discussion going on about... Is this something architecture has never dealt with? We've dealt with efficiency, but we've never dealt with something called real-time, you know, real-time 
it's something architects have never had to think about and uh that in that sense like we think you're in a great very unique position in fact uh, do you do you do you think you still see cities as an architect yeah that must be yeah. cool right like yeah and i mean think so okay i would say architecture hasn't had to think about this at the pace at which technology is changing mhm mhm but at a slower pace it definitely had to think about it when we moved from staircases to escalators mm-hmm. when elevators came in yeah designs had to evolve we had to account for these changes when there were uh, sensor uh, yeah. sense whatever doors and louvers at the window controlling yeah. heat yeah. yeah yeah and if you really think about it cities were designed based on um weather patterns and movements of the sun and all of that so a lot of that has been taken into account uh and at a slower pace mm-hmm. and in fact i think uh, architects will have a very big role to play with this physical and virtual changing worlds uh and you can already see it in homes right yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, with the way you uh, put in your appliances or things that you have in your house like wired speakers or whatever you talk about weather systems ac mm-hmm. systems people are thinking about it now expand that to a city level mhm mhm and it will i mean it will impact and i think this is the right time if architecture education is not already looking at it mm-hmm. to start including that in the curriculum yeah yeah and creating that awareness but yeah i mean i think when you are on the street like you said you think about it as an architect i'm pretty sure you're, you're also looking at a building and saying you know this is the next the like like looking at it as an x-ray and thinking these are the things that need to get integrated into this in terms of tech now <laughs> i need to yeah. there are going to be these things and i think that's yeah because we always complain architects we always talk about big data as something that architecture could use but somehow architecture doesn't have its own big data you know like yeah we don't know I, i think we need to start creating it and c- collecting data of what architecture is and already exists right yeah and then you yeah. know what kind of a sensor you need how thick the wall is uh, totally. how how well does your facade know you and your <laughs> habits i don't know like yeah. i'm just no, riffing totally. here but <laughs> totally so all this that could um, be uh big data now is making a huge impact in the health tech industry okay so uh and it's still new but it's happening i was just reading this article where they're talking about companies trying to look at health patterns and health data of thousands of people and trying to match it like when i walk in they'll be like oh you look like this cohort of users that we've seen based on your health history or whatever so these are my recommendations for you Mm-hmm. to continue leading a healthy life or make these changes because these folks have these diseases and you are on that path so they're analyzing so much data to tell you what's the best lifestyle or medication or whatever for you mm-hmm. it's just happening i'm and worried if that it, app is going good going to say we know how much time you're spending at the northern window of your house you need to go spend some more time at the southern window <laughs> 
you know, for vitamin, <laughs> vitamin D and then architecture is like, there Oops. is a director inside the house telling you what to do. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but there could be uh technology that's you know the things that we look at like orientation of the house. Yeah, yeah. All of that it could just happen through a software. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that is a great place to uh sort of uh stop this because it's a very um I think it's an optimistic note also <laughs> gives us a lot to think about. Uh um, also work on and yeah. work on yeah exactly think through yeah. and work on chiragana are all, always trying to figure out the next experiment uh we still have to start with the first one but yeah we'll i mean we would uh we would want to ask you if you have any questions for us absolutely uh, uh, i mean if there is anything that you would like to ask us <laughs> uh, yeah i mean this is the last question that you asked me i would love to hear your take on that which like, one what are you seeing as the next big thing in terms of innovation or changes that uh, are coming well in architecture from our own experience uh, also because of the sort of uh, school that we both went to here in frankfurt the stilschule we talked about this stuff and really virtual reality mixed uh, reality uh, applications and how we we basically had three different types of studios there one worked with a lot of uh, real time sensors and sort of sculptural pieces that would respond had some sense of hap- haptics and even sort of machine emotions kind of ideas and uh, the other one was an architectural one and then uh, completely theoretical and architectural in a sense and the third studio was obsessed with the uh, uh virtual spaces and their qualities and and their right. sort of experience as a whole uh the problem not problem but the the place of um you know the seed where where it lies for us today is these virtual spaces because we're really beginning to build the vocabulary for it as designers yeah, yeah. we're really beginning to construct that vocabulary because it doesn't exist even if you are wearing vr glasses and you look looking at a three, you're inside a 3d model of your own apartment house yes. it's different it's very yeah. different so we are beginning to build the vocabulary and the instinct let's say to work with or among such environments in terms of workspace as as architects because that becomes our next desk right it yeah. desktop yeah. Yeah. so yes. you go into a 3d space and you start uh doing some things you look like a fool from the outside to an outsider but you're wearing these vr glasses <laughs> and you're doing something inside and uh often the results or the steps seem surprising there's no in these spaces there's no iterative value you know it's yeah. not like the third option is going to be better than the first one or the fourth one is going to be there's no logic to these things there you really have to explore and most of the time try and figure out what is it are you looking at what exactly is it it's a point cloud system you know this is how i'm sure your self driving cars have sort of evolved uh, in the technology uh, in yeah. tech terms and we are late as usual architects yep <laughs> so we are right now building i think the the instincts the vocabulary 
the formal language let's say yeah and i also think uh, what what he said very interesting uh, earlier we were discussing the idea of what is the big data of architecture itself also right so i think um, uh, you know so first of all one thing the iterative iterative idea not being of any consequence runs against the grain of all sort of uh, the rational uh, linear way in which we sort of consider design processes so i think uh, in one space i think uh, we are slowly seeing that idea of the linearity towards a design process in a way disintegrating in yeah. in 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 uh in the larger uh, in larger terms we also see that uh, the way big data exists in tech uh like how there is an input which gives you a certain idea of an output it doesn't necessarily work for architecture for aesthetics for design it doesn't yeah. really work That's so correct. like we na- we have all the zoning data you know we have population data we have yeah. how many yes. liters yeah. of water needs to go to this neighborhood in the city because this is the density we have all of that data probably but i don't know but can can a algorithm tell us uh, what color you know no, something you know, it's, it's so right because uh, in the car industry mm-hmm. so many experiments and not even experiments are products with vr glasses and all kinds of things where you know this model is not available take the vr glasses and you can at home kind of experience the whole car yeah yeah and uh, it was an excitement a good phase but then very quickly i think people are realizing no i want to actually feel it yeah yeah <laughs> and so how and does so that that is kind of an interesting space where you can make a tangible thing virtual Yeah. but uh, can you really predict and think about what what would be the emotions be and yeah and that's also why we as architects are more interested in how it's going to help us design yeah and less in terms of communication because there there's ton of visualization models already like we make yeah. a design and then drop it into something that will turn turn the source code into vr compatible Yes. Yeah. And yes. and uh, the textures look hyper real and you know it looks real but yeah you cannot touch anything feel anything smell anything blah blah blah. Yeah. We are more concerned with can I be in that environment and start moving walls and take a window with a with a remote nice. controller put it there do it per scale then with a like we do with the mouse you know it's a god feeling you're zooming yeah. in and out. <laughs> So with the controller can you get out uh, of that and go back to the street in front of the house blah 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 but we we're, we're trying to more figure out how to design with these technologies and that yeah. I think will take some time because every time from the pencil to the mouse the the whole language of instincts had to be developed yeah. right yeah and that's what i meant yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, super exciting. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a If anyone <laughs> come and see you guys in Frankfurt. Please, yeah, please, please whenever you're passing yeah. by. For yeah, sure. yeah, yes. for sure. And yeah. this is a great pit stop from North America to Mumbai. So <laughs> yeah. the uh, yes, that will be amazing. We should uh, do a podcast. We'll go to a a garden somewhere here and do a live version. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we'll spend the rest of the day uh, tasting some good German food. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think that works. Uh but Isha, thank you so much thank for doing so, this. So we much. know we've taken um 
lot two of your days time. and a lot of time uh, uh, to Always do it. Thank you. And we'll so always much. keep ourselves updated with your uh, trajectory. And uh, yes, of course, from time to time, ping you for for another conversation anything. or two. Yes. Anything yes. for anything. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This But was really great. Really good, so yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, thank you, Isha, and uh, we happy, will happy happy weekend. Happy weekend. <laughs> yes. You is almost the end right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Monday is coming soon. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. you. Okay bye. bye bye so there you go guys that was a conversation with Isha Bhatt hope you enjoyed this conversation please let us know what you thought about it in the comment section below please follow us on instagram the handle will also appear somewhere here it's broadcast.interrupted subscribe to us on youtube like this video share it with your friends and most importantly let us know what you think and we will see you on the next one bye bye <laughs>